And another thing And another thing And another thing And another thing Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing the podcast that continues to set the bar in the world of podcasts. My name is Jody Jenkins, and I'm actually on my own today. Tony is out gallivanting across the country, which can only mean one thing, that Stephen Harper is traveling somewhere and Tony's following him. So that's uh, clearly what's going on. (laughs) Uh, I know Tony will listen to this, and he's probably shaking his head in bewilderment. But uh, I actually don't even know where Tony's going. He's traveling a bit, and uh, he's back next week. So I'm taking the reins of the program, and we have a great guest that we'll get to in a second. But first, as we always do, Tony normally does this part. So I do apologize in advance if I screw this up. I'm going to try and keep it nice and simple. But I just want to thank our sponsors that allow the show to be broadcast each week. We couldn't do it without our presenting sponsor, who's been with us from day one, that, of course, being John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. As well, got to give a shout-out to Hunter's Bay Radio 88.7. Every Saturday, they carry this show on their airwaves, and you can check it out. I think it's 8.30 in the morning. If you're an early riser and you're in the Muskoka area, you can check it out there. So that Hunter's Bay Radio at 88.7. I also want to thank Stephen Sparling and the team at Halton GR. They do some unbelievable work in the world of government relations. So make sure you check them out at haltongr.com. And they know how to get things done. We'll leave it at that. Stephen and his team are ready to service you. And last but not least, uh, the team at looneypolitics.com. Uh, They've been great supporters from the beginning as well, and a a wonderful news aggregate um, website uh, that you got to be a member of to get all access, but you're going to get content there you cannot get anywhere else. Uh, Just use the code PODCAST, and you'll get 50% off an annual subscription. That's looneypolitics.com. So there you go. I uh, I think I did a good job. I should also mention, too. If you are a frequent listener to the show, you know that Steve Pakin and I always go back and forth um, via emails because I say something on the show and I call out Steve Pakin and have him, you know, he responds, I ask a question. So I did get a nice email the other day from Mr. Pakin. um, And uh, I think it was on wrestling because I asked who, if you, I asked the question about who was Lord Alfred Hayes. And uh, it's funny, he didn't, he made, it was kind of like a tongue in cheek comment. Because actually, if I look it up here, let me look it up quickly, because the comment he made was. And I'm going to double check this, but the comment he made was, hey, Jody, I'm not really sure who Lord Alfred Hayes is. I didn't um, I didn't really watch wrestling. So he obviously he obviously. Yeah, I've never heard of Lord Alfred Hayes or whatever his name is. I stopped following wrestling in the days of Haystack Calhoun and the Sheik. So he knew that it was wrestling. So anyway, I digress, but uh, I'm sure I'll get another email from Steve. But uh, yeah, so happy new year to everybody. Um, If you hadn't seen as well, 
Uh, we did almost 100,000 downloads of our show in, in 2022, so we're pretty proud of that. show's been on air for three years now, uh, so we're looking to continue to grow that. And yeah, that's uh, that's all I got in terms of uh, the stuff we have to get out of the way for our legal department. And uh, now we're free and clear to be controversial. Okay, so we are excited to welcome... Uh, to the program. I think this is his second appearance. He is a former uh, past member of parliament uh, for Essex. He is a legend in Canadian politics. He'll laugh probably about that one. Uh, He's already laughing. He is now out in Calgary, Alberta, where he's got a new role that I I, want to hear all about. Um, And he also has a wonderful hockey-connected story that we're going to get him to unpack a little later on as well. And I think it's kind of timely because, um, I mean, this show will be out after the fact, but we are right on the heels of Canada winning gold at the World Juniors over Czechia. Czech, I screw that, but Czechia? Czechia? Anyway, I didn't even know there was a place called Czechia, first of all, so that was new to me during this whole, uh, whole hockey tournament. But anyway, let's welcome uh, the Honorable... Mr. Jeff Watson, back to the show. Jeff, thanks for doing this. Uh, always a pleasure to be here. I thought you would ask me who Lord Alfred Hayes was. I'm old enough to remember uh, back in the day watching uh, Sergeant Slaughter and Nikolai Volkov and others, including Lord Alfred Hayes on the in the squared circle for back when it was called the WWF and before the World Wildlife uh, uh, foundation <laughs> sued them, I guess, or at least threatened legal action to get them to change it to WWE. So I'm a I'm an old school wrestling fan. Yeah, you know what's funny? I mean, if I don't know, I mean, I know you're out west now. I don't know how much you used to follow um, back in the day, but you can obviously you can interject. But I'm there's a program on Crave called uh, a series episodic series called Tales from the Territories, and it's actually well, it's bankrolled by Dwayne The Rock Johnson's uh, media company called Seven Bucks Productions. Um, but it's a group of guys that did Dark Side of the Ring, which is a wonderful series. If you're a wrestling fan, you definitely got to watch those episodes. So now they're back with Tales from the Territories. And they do a big one on um, the Hart family out west and that territory that Stu Hart ran out there. And it's 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 wild to watch not only that one, but all of them in general. And the way the territory wrestling used to work and the stories, it's just it's just off the charts. Like, were you a fan of territory wrestling or was WWF the thing for you? Oh, I, I, I think back in the day, there were all kinds of different wrestling federations that existed. Yeah. They were regional in nature, too. Um, you know, Windsor, Ontario, where I was born and raised. I mean, guys will remember George Cannon and his group that they would uh, that they, he was a wrestling promoter. And um, well, and I even had a high school. Um, I even had a high school teacher he used he used to call me Whipper Watson after, Whipper the, old, Billy uh, Watson. after the old wrestler. So I yep. got my first high school nickname from my uh, grade ten typing teacher, and I'm old enough to say I had a typing class. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that shout out to Mister Innocente if he listens to your podcast or not. But you know what i I wouldn't have told this story any other time, but because you brought up typing class, I have to tell this story, and I don't know if it'll translate over. Um, broadcast as well as it would if I was in person showing this. So I'm in grade nine, first year of high school, obviously. There's a typing class. And our teacher that we had, 
I, I can't remember her name, but she was very prim and proper, older, mid-age, older woman. Didn't really, was very kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? On edge at times, like, you know, very strict, but like on, like, you know, you, she could, go, you know, scare her at any time. My buddy, who is just a, just a clown, he had this idea where he brought in, he popped off keys of a keyboard at his parents' place of their computer or typewriter, brought them in. And what he did was we made it look like we were prying the keys off and then flicking them up with our thumbs in the air. And she lost her mind because she thought we were popping the keys off. And we, of course, we weren't doing that. But I just remember, like, I look back now and I go, like, I don't know how these teachers put up with us doing stuff like that. I'm not even going to go there. I have so many stories about how uh, how much trouble I caused in uh, in grade school in particular and a little bit in high school. Oh, so, my gosh. But I'm sure we've anyway, all got we us. Listeners have some good stories. Maybe they can email you one or two of them. Yes, well, they could. They can email us at andanotherthingpodcast at gmail.com. Cause we get, uh, we get thousands a day, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's actually, it's actually a little too much. We really need people to slow down on that. But, uh, but Jeff, let's, let's get to what you're doing now. And then of course we have that hockey story that I want to get to as well, yeah. the hockey connection. And we'll do that uh, towards the end of the show, but you are in Calgary, you're in Alberta and you have a new role. I'd love for you to share what you're doing. Yeah, I, um, I recently got hired on by the uh, in the premier's office managing community outreach, and um, it's an important task. We have a new premier; she's not new to politics, but um, new in terms of uh, her leadership the last couple of months. And it's an opportunity to uh, introduce her and her restyled cabinet uh, to Albertans. And the chain, for those who may be less familiar with the makeup in Alberta, but the new Alberta is really changing. Uh, it's a, uh, a very diverse province now. Uh, Calgary is the third most diverse major city in the country. And um, the, I think about 40 to 45% of the city's population is visible minority. And I get to work amongst those communities. I work with a team of people uh, who are doing that kind of direct uh, outreach, creating the opportunities for uh, the premier and ministers to be able to meet with the public, hear uh, what some of their uh, concerns may be or some of the opportunities where government can help make a difference in how they build community. Well, that's exciting. And and how did this all like, how did you get pegged for that job? Like, was that something that, you know, they were pretty excited to bring you on board? How did that all come to be? It was a bit of a surprise. I had been actually out in um, British Columbia for most of the year prior, um, uh, doing some work with a, um, a, a new startup that had a, um, a brand new construction technology, if you will. And uh, I wasn't really uh, dialed into... Uh, Alberta politics at a at a micro level, and I got a call from somebody that I had uh, met some years earlier. They were building a team uh, in transition, and uh, I was invited to actually come and apply and compete for the position against what I think was a pretty deep talent pool. And um, I guess I must have brought the right balance of experience or whatever it was, but uh, I got hired aboard. 
And, um, you know, I, so I'm, I think I'm the only one who actually wasn't really connected with the, at least directly connected in any way with the leadership campaign team, uh, or, you know, that sort of orbit. So it was very, but I've been around Alberta politics now since 2016, doing a lot of, uh, sort of GR work and some political work on the side. So it's not like it was an unknown commodity, but, uh, I don't know. It just represents a really surprise opportunity for me. One I'm really excited about. And and of course, it's one that will be, I think, pretty instrumental to the success of the government. I think if our team does our job, um, we we might be able to play an important part in uh, the re-election of, of this premier and her government. I wanted to ask, because the position that you've taken and your role with with reaching out to these cultural communities and building those relationships and strengthening existing ones, um, you know, like you're not. I don't think it's bad to bring up his name or these names, but like you know, Jason Kenny was had that had that perception of being a guy that was good at building bridges within those types of communities. Another guy who's found himself in some hot water, um, you know, before Patrick Brown also has a reputation of being able to build relationships within these cultural communities. Um, do you, I'm not going to say, I was going to joke around and say, do you see yourself leaning on them for advice? But I'm not, not going to say that, but do you, do you, do you, what do you bring to the table? Like, I, I don't, I'd love to hear, like, I'm sure you have a, a wonderful background with this, but like, is this a stretch for you? Is this some new skill sets you're putting into play or is this kind of building on it's what a, you've done in the past anyway? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Look, I um, I do have some experience on the cultural outreach side. Uh, one, uh, when I was a member of parliament, Windsor was the fourth or fifth most uh, diverse city in the country. So I already had a window in terms of my uh, 11 plus years in politics, engaging with cultural communities there. In addition, helping uh, Jason Kenney when he was a, a minister with um in the Harper government with uh, outreach more broadly speaking in the, in the GTA. And then when I came to Alberta, the first um, to join the Unite Alberta project, which was the bringing together of the Wild Rose and PC parties together into what is now the United Conservative Party. Uh, the first hat I actually wore uh, was with the cultural communities before I finally settled in. They needed somebody to do the um, faith community and school choice outreach and, um, you know, so I moved over to that position. So some of this I have experience in. Some of it is, uh, is new too. Look, there are, um, there are a lot of nuances within every community. Nobody, you know, community's monolithic. So there's lots of relationships and dynamics to understand. I, um, I get to pull together a really great team of uh, people from diverse backgrounds uh, who are really doing a lot of the sort of front-facing part of it, the face-to-face connections. I do some of that as well. I think primarily I was um, engaged because I know how to sort of create and mentor team uh, to be effective and uh, to come up with the overall strategy uh, for how we have a positive uh, and comprehensive engagement um, in Alberta. So I have it's a province-wide mandate. It's not just Calgary-specific. So it's very exciting. I, I know there's new things I'm learning and then there's old things I'm applying. I want to chat a little bit or get your take on the state of politics in Alberta. And the reason I want to hear from you on it is, well, obviously you're there, first of all, you're, you're in there. 
Um, secondly, you know, and in in, we haven't known each other that long, but we've definitely grown a, a very strong relationship and gotten to know each other very well in the years that we have. But you are the epitome to me of a guy that's, you know, measure twice, cut once with the way you approach things. And and I mean that in a, in the way that you are so well thought out with the way that you deliver messages and, and comment on things. So that's why I'm kind of interested to see right. what, what's going through your head and, and what you're seeing on the ground in Alberta. Now, the only problem with that might be that maybe you're so enwrapped in, in, in what you're doing or wrapped up in what you're doing right now that that might not be at the forefront. But anyway, I'm going to let you share a little bit about what you're seeing out there and, and your feeling as we continue to move forward. And, you know, it's I, I would say it's interesting times for sure with the new the new premier and what's ahead for her. Yeah, I, I, I there's a there's a very dramatic story here at play, and that's really the rehabilitation, if you will of Danielle Smith, who at one time um, was a pariah in Alberta politics, uh, involved as the leader of the Wild Rose in what was at the time um, a, um, a, a mass floor crossing, if you will, to the PCs in an effort back then to sort of try to create um, unity. And it backfired, obviously, out here. And and so, you know, here uh, through the years, you've got um, uh, the premier, uh, on radio, uh, building a following, um, letting us in on a window of her thinking, um, the, her out-of-the-box thinking, as I like to sort of say. And now here she is, um, you know, in a process for the leadership over the last number of months, uh, culminating two months ago in the in the leadership vote, uh, persuading the very people who once said they'd never vote for her to support her. And now she's premier. And it's a dramatic story. And what's interesting about that is there's just the, there are so many redemption stories in people who are um, who are sort of tied to her orbit right now too. Um, her chief of staff at one time was, um, you know, a cabinet minister's chief of staff in um, BC, and wound up being uh, homeless and on drugs on the east side of Vancouver. Uh, before making a very dramatic comeback in his own life and now as the chief of staff uh, to the premier. And there are a number of stories like this for people that are sort of in her orbit. It's a very spectacular thing. But uh, more generally speaking, I would say, you know, it's an exciting time in Alberta. Economically, we've been rebounding uh, over the last couple of years. It looks like it may be a pretty durable uh, economic rebound. So I think there's a lot of optimism. Um, you know, the premier's uh, leadership now, she's been premier for about two months. Uh, an election is pending in May. So we're, um, I think with the turn of the new year here, we're sort of unofficially in the uh, campaign period. And I don't just mean the premier, the opposition is out there uh, working away and hammering away and a heavy negative advertising already on the airwaves. So we're going to be locked in sort of this uh, struggle between the two parties to see who will emerge in the election. And then the backdrop is, you know, this nonsense stuff that goes on in Ottawa all the time. And, you know, today they're out suggesting that it's time to get out of the oil and gas industry and transition our workers over to something else, you know, as if something magically is waiting for us tomorrow. And, um, 
you know, it just creates another antagonism that we think, you know, do you really have it in for Alberta? So I, you'll find that Albertans are in a little bit of a fighting mood um, because of what Ottawa is doing. And we're not alone. Um, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, I think, are uh, taking some stronger, clearer stances um, and wanting a better uh, relationship, if you will, to come out of uh, confederation than we're getting currently. Interesting. That's uh, that's the kind of answer I expected. So well done on that front. Um, how much direct contact do you have with the with the premier? Oh well, she's busy, um, and that's what she has to be. And um, she's not sitting around in an office. She's out in the community engaging. Um, so um, you know, if I'm doing my job well, it means that I'm working with my team. You know, creating up uh, the kind of scheduling opportunities for her. Um, where she can in, engage with um, with various communities. So I, I don't get a lot of um, face-to-face time. Frankly, I don't need it um, in order to do what I do best and to set her up to do the things that she does best. She's phenomenal when she engages, um, for anybody who's seen her. Uh, she has that comfortable style of having been a radio host for a long time, and you can hear it in the way she communicates. It's almost like you're sitting around her. You could be in a room with 200 people and it sounds like you're sitting around a coffee table with her um, in somebody's living room. And, um, and she's just, she's very engaging uh, that way. Uh, People seem to um, like her Uh, from what I see. I do go to events uh, on occasion that we've, you know, the events that we've sort of created for her and um, it's, uh, you know, the, the people in the room, I mean, they almost fight to get pictures with her. It's pretty, um, I, I'm not sure I've seen anything quite like that before. And um, so she's really, a, she's really a tour de force, smart. And I, you know, I look forward to what that's going to mean. I think her government has sort of found its feet now, has a lot more certainty about its direction. I think they have a confident path forward as they look down the road to where the election is. And uh, it's going to be an interesting time. We're going to have two female party leaders Uh, squaring off against each other in this election coming up a former premier and one who's currently the premier so should make for an interesting uh, should make for an interesting uh, battle if you will but I think our premier will emerge uh, strong and well with another government yeah Danielle's been a guest on the show I thought she was I thought she was wonderful and I mean she had she had some wonderful points she made some you know, had some great ideas that she shared. And I, I don't, I mean, at that point when she was on the show, I don't, well, I shouldn't say I don't know, um, or I don't think that she was, you know, contemplating next steps politically because I, who knows, she may have, but she certainly wasn't indicating that. Um, but, but yeah, I've, I, I, I really enjoyed speaking with her the couple times that we've had the opportunity. So I, I certainly wish her nothing but the best and yourselves, nothing but the best moving forward. Um, we're running out of time here, Jeff. I did want to, I do want to get that hockey story in, and I'll do that. I just quickly wanted to ask, um, you know, as a past member of of Parliament there for Essex, that area, do you do you follow what's going on there? Do you still, obviously, you still have friends and 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 whatnot there? Do you do you keep track, or does that kind of like it is what it is? No, I, I definitely do. I am the current member. For Essex, Chris Lewis and I are—I count him as a strong friend, and he does the same. And um, he was a municipal councillor back when I was a member of parliament, and then he went off uh, to in business for a little while. 
and then came back and and won this riding for the conservatives um, over the uh, over the NDP who defeated me. And uh, he's a two-termer now, and I keep an eye, sometimes both eyes back there, just to see what's happening. And uh, I'm very excited about where that region is going. I felt like, you know, the time I was there, we we certainly also uh, sowed a lot of seed as a government back in the Harper days that is bearing a lot of fruit here. You look provincially now, we have um, we have conservative seats, not only in Essex, but in Windsor, Tecumseh. So I think, uh, you know, we've uh, that the movement, if you will, the conservative movement, both federal and provincial, has a lot of upside growth uh, potential down there. And it's for me, it's exciting to see. So let's let's get this hockey story in because I think this is a, an interesting one. You and I were texting back and forth earlier uh, in the day, and and this kind of just came out. I think we were going back and forth about um, a bio for you, et cetera. And uh, it turns out that, well, I'll let you talk about it, but there is a chance, <laughs> or you do believe that the you are related to, uh, you know, hockey royalty in a sense of uh, of days gone by. So tell me. Tell me this story about it, how you are connected to the hockey world. So a lot of people don't know, but I'm adopted. And I was actually born Josip Mahovlich. And um, it was in my late 20s that I had gone looking for um, my birth mother and, and, and any family who may exist. And I found her, actually, and have had some relationship with her and some, some of her uh, children. Uh, since then. But uh, what got interesting for me is when I was elected to Parliament, <clears throat> there was a senator, former Hall of Fame hockey player Frank Mahovlich, appointed by the Liberals. And one day I decided to sort of take a walk down to his office and engage him a little bit that I was a Mahovlich. And uh, it was the most amazing interaction. I'll tell you, he, you know, he pulls out a map and he puts it across his desk and he shows me in Croatia, he said, you know, the, all the Mahovliches in the world, he said, it's actually a very minor name. There aren't very many of them, but they all trace their roots back to two villages as he's pointing at the map. And I said, well, I'm a Mahovlich. And, you know, he's, he asked me who my mother is and where did she come from? And in the process of this story, he's literally got, I don't know, a piece of paper he pulled out of a book, or I don't know if it was a napkin, uh, literally, but gets his pen out and he starts making some connections. And then he tells me we're related and he <laughs> figures out through my mom, how we're, we're related and we're, I don't know if it's third or fourth cousins. And, you know, I, I kind of thought, well, that's a nice story. Like, is that really actually true? And then I'm, you know, part of this DNA, one of those DNA matching websites and what comes up. Um, but I'm probably third or fourth cousin, which confirms what, what Frank Mahovlich had shared with me. So it turns out that I'm related to, you know, two Hall of Fame hockey players, two legends, Frank and Peter Mahovlich. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very interesting part of my background and one obviously we're very proud of. I have his autograph on, on my Montreal Canadiens jersey, which is where I always think of Frank Mahovlich. And obviously Peter both were, um, you know, either played part or most of their careers with the Canadiens. So very exciting. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting. So you you cheer him as a Canadian when he played, you know, I think he played most of his career in Toronto. Is there any other not? team, though, Jody? That's, that's the thing. So I don't no, I know, you. but it's okay, it's well, funny it's... because I'm sure that I'm just looking, I'm just looking actually at uh, 
at his career um, year. And I'm sure that there's some Red Wings fans that probably hold him as their own too. So I, I'm not sure I understood what you just said, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm having trouble. Uh, I'm having you mean trouble. back Do when you the know, Maple Leafs uh, could win some cups too, eh? I don't know. Do you know who he, who he scored his the in the NHL? Do you know who he scored uh, the most goals with, like a single season? No. You don't, eh? No, I don't. Take a guess. Mm, Montreal? <laughs> no, it was actually Detroit. Yeah. Uh, in 1968-69, he scored 49 goals. And then the second for him was 60-61, where he scored 48 for the Leafs. Uh, he Highest scored ever a pile for the, of them uh, in his career. And I'll tell you, when I met him as a senator, I, I forget how old he would have been by then, but, man, he still looked like he could lace up the skates and go out and throw a few checks and put a couple of pucks in the net. Yeah, no, that's a... That's a cool story, a cool connection. I mean, uh, yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's very cool. So, so you can call me Jeff Mahovlich if you want. I was going to say, have you, why, why, have you ever thought about just using that all the time? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I, although I almost, you know, I've, I've kicked around the idea of adding, le- actually legally adding my my, my first name, Yosip, yeah. uh, in my name. I think I'd still go by Jeff Watson, but. It almost seems fitting to uh, to add a piece of my my f- sort of first history, if you will, uh, back into my name. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know that but people would wonder whether I you know, why Jad Mahovlich, dude. <laughs> so I could sign autographs. I don't know. <laughs> and he lives he lives in Timmins, Ontario. Yeah. Interesting. Well, That's and we cool. did a we did a, we did a parliament um, an interparliamentary uh, interparliamentary group uh, function together when we were both on the Canada U.S. thing too. And I got to tell you, he was he was he was a, he was a, a consummate gentleman, not partisan at all, and just very took his role very seriously in the Senate. For anybody who wonders whether you know appointing somebody from a sports background makes any sense, or you know. But he was very diligent about his his Senate responsibilities, and it was a real pleasure to be able to be a contemporary that way as politicians. And you know, it's funny if you go somebody who's my family. Yeah, you should. I'm sure it's easy to do. But there's a a young picture of him now. It's in a Leafs jersey. Um, (coughs) Kind of looks like you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm taller though. But yeah, okay. How tall was he? He was six one. Yes. So I'm a couple inches taller than him. Okay, he was a big, uh, he was a big boy. So uh, and a handsome guy too. He's better looking than I am, Jody. Appreciate the Jeff, compliment. Uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, we appreciate yeah. it. Uh, looking forward to connecting with you in person. It's been a while, um, yeah. but yeah, it'd be it'd be nice to connect. And and of course, we wish you all the best as you continue this journey with uh, the new premier and and the team out there. And I'm looking for big things come May. So, uh, yeah, you're welcome back anytime, and I'm sure we'll be talking soon, but thanks again. You're welcome. Pleasure being here. Always a wonderful conversation with Jeff, and we certainly appreciate his time. And I'm sure Tony would have just been grilling him like nobody's business. Um, yeah, so thanks again. And uh, Tony, come back soon. We miss you. Uh, Once again, thanks to the team at Municipal Solutions. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. John Mutton and the crew are presenting sponsor each week. Also, a big shout-out to Hunter's Bay Radio 88.7 in the Muskokas. Make sure you check them out. 
as they air our program each Saturday morning. Uh, LooneyPolitics.com. Use the code PODCAST to get 50% off an annual subscription at LooneyPolitics.com. And Stephen Sparling and his team at Halton GR. Of course, Halton Government Relations. You can find them at HaltonGR.com. And they will get things done your way. HaltonGR.com. Enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk soon.